A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You guys have some serious issues that you got to get through because <laughs> your brother has an ass. <laughs> and he is an ass. Yes. Sam's not here in case anybody was wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we begin, it's that time to mention a few great friends of the podcast. Scratch Labs, you guys. Great tasting, easy digesting, high-carb options for fueling your rides. They also have bars, chews, and cookie mix. i got to order the cookie mix. Absolute best from scratch. Trust me, tell them Pack Filler sent you. Next off, Giro Sport, the original instigators of the helmet revolution. Great fit, great Great fit, great flow, and great style. Shoes, forget about it. The beautiful design, stiffness, fit, and lightweight of Giro shoes is unparalleled. Giro, when things matter. And finally, untapped maple. Pure Vermont maple is the base, and the quick, great-tasting energy is the reward. Truly a great way to fuel, grab some packets, or fill a flask. That sounds alcoholic. Maybe that's just because that's what I think. Untapped is brilliant. Use the pack filler link, please. I don't really get anything, but I just like them to know that they came from us. Jackson, your beer looks like you've just been just slamming it back. Who's to say I haven't been? Yeah. Who's to say nobody's looking? History. Let's play bikes, everybody. Well, things are still holding on here in the Pacific Northwest. The colors have changed. The rides are still happening, and the indoor trainer is still dusty. Mm. I got on mine yesterday, though, so... Let's settle in, pour a beverage, and have a seat in the rim break bar and see who's here for this week's edition of the Pack Filler Cycling Podcast. I'm Pat Bulger. See who's here with tonight's prologue question. Gentlemen, if you could give your 16-year-old self any advice, what would it be? Sit down with that little 16-year-old shithead and say, hey, fill in the blank. I'm, I'm holding gap just so I can give Paul a second. Do you guide your advice already? No, I think so, yeah. Because you always get the first introduction. We're going with a living proof uh, theme tonight. He's living proof that the fountain of youth lies somewhere in the mix of Belgian beer and intervals, Mr. <laughs> Paul Maine. Well, that's not so true. Dude, you yeah. fucking kicked my ass this weekend, and I am younger than you, so it's... Not by much. Like, that's true. That's true, but you still... God damn, I'm going to get to it, but you guys are so mean... So mean! Paul, what advice would you give your 16-year-old self? 
I'd say self. <laughs> uh, when you get a chance to go to France to race your bike, take it. Because oh. otherwise, you're going to marry the practice wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. That is good advice. Yeah. Nah, I would... I would where I'm at now, if that's the path I had to take, to be honest, I, I'm glad I did. Do you ever? You always wonder about that. What it would have been? What you know? Yeah, and, you know, it could have spoiled me. I could have. Yeah. I, I've. I know like two people that actually raced in Europe, and when they came back, they said, "No, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Done." But, but and they don't even the... touch the bike anymore. Oh shit! Okay, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. A guy named Mike and a guy yeah. named Nicholas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Next, he's living proof that although gross, not shaving your legs does not negate your claim to be a cyclist. <laughs> David Waples, how are you, man? <laughs> Is it really that gross? Yeah. yeah. Dude. I, we are the weirdos here. Who shave, we're the men who shave their legs. Did you shave? Pull no. the socks up quite a ways. Well, I do pull my socks up, but got to pull them up all the way. What are those, like, you know, compression no, socks? No, they're... That they're, keeps the fluid from building up? They're, yeah. they're gold-toed dress socks. Edema. <laughs> I knew I set myself up for the joke when I pulled Second up my pant leg. I'm like, going, nice looking like going, ankles there, buddy. Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> Got to make the show funny. I'll be the butt of the jokes. <laughs> well, Sam's uh, not I'm, here, so yeah, I have to kind of kick that's it. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gross. It's uh, gross. Uh, I think it's gross. Well, you know, your wife trying to give you though. more of a draft. That's oh, all. trying to help you out a little. <laughs> So you That's your nice hairs you trip you know trip the the air yeah. for us. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. He's just make it easier. making dirty air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Oh man. I don't even know what I was doing when I was 16. Yeah. It wasn't that far ago compared it's, to my 16. Actually, it was less than half my life ago. So yeah. <laughs> what's what's the joke? Eating Cheetos and masturbating? Yeah. yeah. Orange hands. I don't know this joke, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Doc, why is my penis orange? <laughs> oh, well. What have you been doing all day? I, uh, you know, I, I was going to say I think I would have told myself to start riding my bike sooner because I didn't start till I was like 20, 21 with bikes. Oh, but honestly, Dude. I liked doing other sports when I was younger. I think yeah. it might be for the better, you know, like then I didn't come into college. There was some, some kids in college who came in like they were really fast. They did all the high school stuff and they quit by their like junior year. Never, never started riding again. So fools. That's just because yeah. they're open minded and experimental. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to get that, get that out of the way early though. Dig yourself things. in a hole and just stay there. That's my theory. Oh, well, yeah. It's worked it so would far. work. Man. Yeah, look at look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, is this studio a hole? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Jack. Thanks, yeah. Jackson. Essentially. Yeah. Next off, he's living proof that your genetic makeup does not come from just your dad, Mr. Jackson Bolger. <laughs> I have so many leading questions off of just that one well, little intro. I thought I'd just mm. self-deprecate as much as possible. Gosh, well, yeah. Before you guys got me, you know, we're only six minutes in. I might as well beat myself to shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we haven't even been that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've been harder on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You. yeah. yeah. First uh, of all, for those uh, watching on, on video, nice nice haircut. Nice high and tight there. I like thanks. It. I like thanks. it. Yeah. 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 Good change. Yeah. 16-year-old Jackson, I knew you win. Well, you knew me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even with that glit in your eye. Yeah. yeah I got yeah, started. Yeah. <laughs> well, well um, I would probably tell myself I know that one of the other members of the room has also t- taken a similar path mm-hmm. 
theater's not the choice for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in high school, but really, uh, yes, yeah. I re- I enjoyed the experience of what it was like to witness people that were like in love with a craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that after a while, I began to see like the image through all of the smoke. Sure. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. Hey, and yeah, and yeah. it was just kind of like, I remember going to shows and being like, I don't get it anymore. Okay. I don't have that spark in me anymore. And so I think that now in the current career that I'm in, I kind of wish I took a little bit of a different path. Which would have been? Education. Education. Yeah. Really? Okay. Early childhood education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, no, I can see what you say. Um, you know, then I don't want to go too far into this because this isn't a th- podcast about being a theater right. teacher but um i do remember in college very specifically that there was like a, the people who could not shut it off and they wanted the attention and it was constantly competitive and um so i just found a bunch of really goofy people who weren't even in the theater department and started creating stuff with them yeah. sketch comedy and stuff like that just because yeah, 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 and I mean, for anybody listening who's thinking about doing something like that, it's not that it's a don't bad, do it. No, Don't. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look where I am. Oh my God, no, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not that it's a bad idea. It just you got to have the spark for it. Yeah. You got to have the passion for it. Or because if you're leaning one way or the other, I think yeah. that it'll eventually kind of fizzle a little. Yeah, bit. don't do theater. Don't do journalism because they're just dead. Yeah, just, <laughs> nobody's gonna care. It's all STEM now. It sounds mm-hmm. so sad. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. Chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, write an essay in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yes, me, I am living proof that cycling is, in fact, 50% mental. <laughs> and if you read that right, you know, you'll get the joke. I'm Pat Bulger, and my advice to myself would be uh, to not date that one girl who shall not be mentioned. Mm. Um, that was that was a mistake, and uh, mm. and she's upstairs right now. No, I'm now, kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Honey, are you listening? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was another one, and and she, uh, yeah, yeah, she 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 was crazy. Mm. I probably yeah. could have given myself the same advice too. Yeah, yeah. we all have one of but those. But you got right? yeah, but that's not. Yeah, but I married mine. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the practice one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys got nothing. <laughs> Gentlemen, we all got a beautiful ride in on Saturday, and mm. um, I want to know how your training is coming along. But first off, I wanted to ask, and this is what I t- I talked about earlier in, in the intro, um, how you guys are all feeling fitness wise right now. Where are you in comparison to your quote in season end quote? Mm. Paul's like, oh, I'm suck. I'm terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, said, like, could, could we? <laughs> If I put myself now into a race, even a Tuesday night, I would, you know, I would not be. Or Thursday night was this league. Oh right, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd really be suffering. Yeah, David. I don't. I didn't. I don't feel good anymore. I mean, like this is a guy who just came off two weeks ago winning. Yeah, uh, winning the, the cyclocross t- series over yeah. like yeah. a professional. Well, I don't know if he's a professional mountain biker in cyclocross or fast dude. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't like it doesn't doesn't feel. I'm looking down and seeing some good numbers, but it doesn't feel good. Really, like I, I feel heavy in the legs while I'm doing it. It doesn't feel easy right now, and I think it's just the like getting tired going into winter. Okay, so all right, Jackson, I feel pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I don't know. I do feel good. I think that there are like um, better numbers than I was happy with. I think that. 
pre-crash, I'm honestly I'm feeling even better than I was then. I think I, you know, Paul, you mentioned all the time cramming for a test. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what it was. Yeah. Early season last year, and then I just kind of rode that out a little bit. Um, but post-crash, I feel way way better than I did when we yeah. were in Montana. So yeah, yeah. I PR'd nine segments on that ride we went on on Saturday. Mm. And you guys got a KLM. And we, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, yeah. 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 David, no you were there. Yeah. And you just didn't In spirit, charge your computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we KOM'd like a 10-mile stretch. Wasn't it that long? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Part of which, and this is funny, you guys are saying your legs felt heavy. I stopped for a couple seconds. Dude, I swear to God, I thought my brakes were rubbing because prior to that, <laughs> I was I just you, could, yeah. you guys. Are like, you saying it? <laughs> I was like looking at him. He thinks his brakes are rubbing. I was, <laughs> I was just like going, "Why do I suck so bad today?" You guys were just dusting me on that gravel it section. Was, I'm just going, "What is wrong?" It's gravel. That's where you just smash it. You, you ride it ninety percent. If you don't yeah. smash it, it'll smash your taint. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty true. So, yeah. yeah, the harder you push, the less it pushes on your taint. Yeah, yeah. I was my taint had nothing to do with it. Well, taint, no taint. It was seriously. You guys dropped me, and then I stopped in that section. Then I did. I got off my bike. I just spun the rear wheel. I'm like, fuck, it's not my brakes. And so I just got on and quoting Sam, told myself to stop being such a little bitch, and then I I pedaled harder, and uh, we flew on that section and that's why i'm like going these guys are koming stuff right now you know and being nice to pat um and and you guys are still saying you're that far away from fitness we had and a good tailwind on that yeah. that was that helped yeah it's yeah. i will say it's interesting riding a gravel section on a road bike because <clears throat> you think the entire time you're like you got to be in the draft and i found that it was almost better for me to be outside Find of your, your draft so you yeah see the road mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you guys consciously go for rides to challenge KOMs? Mm-mm. No, no. Mm-mm. Do you have any that you're like, okay, this is this is a stretch that I really want to, you know, I know I'm close on this one or something like that. Mm-hmm. You don't chase them at all. No, I, I think there's times where if the conditions right, I don't usually do it on a group ride, but if it's me riding and I know that you know the, uh, there's a segment, yeah. then yeah, I'll try and see where I'm at. I'm not getting any KOMs unless I'm with somebody anymore. Yeah. But, you know, most of my KOMs in the early days were solo rides. Coming, mm-hmm. I mean, they were just riding. I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. you know, segments uh, searching. But um, nowadays, it's got to be. And everybody does it now. Yeah. I mean, my KOMs are wiped out. And all you have to look at the reader board and you look at their date and they're all riding together. And they're like. Yeah. Yeah. So. I still want Hatch. That's the only one I like. I won't climb that. I think Pat Up has that, doesn't he? Who? Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, not uh, this uh, Pat. Not no, this yeah, Pat. Okay. I know who Pat, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Pat O. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had it a while back. That's the only one that, like, for some reason. I haven't gone back to do it, though, because it's a terrible road to ride now. That's one of those mm-hmm. roads that yeah. has become so populated from housing yeah. areas down there that it, you just don't want to ride anymore. Do it the, the shoulder morning. disappears, too. Oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. no shoulder. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to do it at the right time of day and then. You know, right wind and all that. Because mm-hmm. the people that are at the top. How about this? How fast. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you guys uh, PR? Do you guys hit PRs? I think that every time that I ride in a group, I usually get one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, well, I, feel, I find that 
the group of us always push each other on some mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. of, yeah. of segment. But when it's alone, I never get a PR. Really? Rarely. I, think, I always try, but. I think that's partially because, like, you tend to ride your rides the same way. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. you, you know, like, you do a river loop and you go hard at certain points. Yeah. But now you ride with somebody else and, and they go hard at different points. And so all of a sudden they force you to PR somewhere where you would have been going soft. Yeah. But yeah, when you just ride your ride the same way, it's hard to get a PR anymore. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Do you guys consider it a motivational tool or a, a genuine genuine uh, training tool or is it just something to screw around with? Segment? Yeah. I, I personally have like certain loops or certain sections where I'm just watching me tumble down my fit. I mean, just yeah. from age. Yeah. So I'm, I know I've maximized where I'm going anaerobic and it's like not, I'm like 30 seconds slower than I was in 2012. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's about the only time, but I don't, I don't go out there, you know, you're not Phil Guyman. No. Yeah. No. I think some of them like Mount Spokane, I always, you know, if I can get a PR on, on Mount Spokane, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Those days are gone for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really use, I I don't really use it for a training tool. <laughs> really, I have a, I have a couple that I put into my Wahoo. That Your driveway. I, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have that anymore. Uh, David brought his e bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Took my PR on my driveway. Um, but no, I have a couple climbs that are in, and I don't. I'm, part of me is like I want to take them off of, but I like checking when I get home. But I don't want to get to the base of a climb and all of a sudden, beep, 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 you know, okay, you're, you know, 10 seconds behind your pace and stuff like that. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want that demon on my shoulder. I mm-hmm. just want to kind of ride the climb how I am at that moment. But I don't know. There's, you know, I, Paul, you and I grew up in the days of little to no data. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your your training diary consisted of taking your heart rate when you were in your bed before you sat up. You take your heart rate again when you sit when you stand up, and you mark the difference and you give yourself a score, and that was it. And if you if you were lucky, you had an Avaset computer that told you your speed and your mileage. Was but no memory on it. No, it was just yeah, you, was current. that heart rate thing like a fatigue score? Yeah, it yeah because the larger the gap. Usually you could rate yourself on, you know, so if every day I, between lying down and standing up was a five beat difference, but then today I, I stood up and it was an eight beat difference. It's a measuring tool to show you, you know, okay, I'm, I'm obviously hmm. fatigued from the training. Or dehydrated. Or dehydrated. Is that too? Yeah. yeah. But this was, you know, it was fairly archaic, but. It was a way to monitor how things were going, but that was that was it. That was the data. I think yeah. two once a year like, you got a VO two test, and that was it. If you were lucky, yeah. And I did until I was like in my late twenties. But yeah, um, I think like for us segments were mainly guys that your group rides and stuff. Who you beat? You didn't know what your time was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you didn't have time to look down at your avocet saying I'm averaging whatever. Yeah, I mean there wasn't any collective, you know. Like every, you could get an average speed thing, but that's for your whole ride, not the hill. Or yeah. Break things down. And so I, I remember at Hatch, speaking of Hatch Road, one guy asked me, uh, a local guy who can climb, and he says, What's your fastest time up there? I don't even carry a watch. I don't carry an yeah. I don't have anything. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all I have, have to do is beat the guy that's in front of me. That's yeah. what yeah. I was, that's how I was, you know, trained. 
Yeah. Um. So backtrack. How'd you how'd your training week go, you guys? How how how's the last seven days been on the bike? I've been kind of in and out of like little colds, as oh. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Ah, oh, children. I know. Well, I got sick a lot last year, and now I think my immune system's like, okay, we can actually fight colds now. So I think I'm just <laughs> riding like little like sinus, you know, yeah. kind of the that type of oh, thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so I've been trying to stick to three days, but it gets difficult with that added fatigue of a cold. Mm-hmm. But I've been kind of teetering between two and three, mostly indoor, um, which has been great. It's nice this time of year when it's dark outside and you don't want to have to rush yeah. around. But I know that, David, you have a lot more motivation in that, which is great. Well, last week I did. <laughs> I don't know about this week. <laughs> yeah? What was this week? Oh, I don't know. Just I'm, just, I, I'm just pooped for some reason. It just catches up with you eventually. No, you're training. How many rides you get in oh, over what? the last seven days? Um, I did a couple night rides, and then I actually got off early Friday. So I, I rode Friday, and then we rode Saturday, mountain bike Sunday. Wow. And then I rode today. And so I think I got probably five or six. Wow. That's but maybe that's why I feel tired. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I believe I rode two last Tuesday and then I got my new trainer. So I tested that out on mm. RGT. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, did some intervals on that. <laughs> and then Saturday's ride the following day. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I will it. say it was great to go outside with everybody. Oh, I I'd I'd missed, I'd missed that. And I love that we're now kind of like stopping afterwards and kind of hanging yeah. out and t- like posting it yeah season of stopping for beers now personally i'm going to be the guy next year in like april may june july and august going why aren't we stopping for beers well, i don't think there's anything wrong yeah, with doing yeah. that we're, we we used to do it why don't we do it anymore yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> pat we're trying to get fast it's the start of the season pat that's dumb <laughs> Yeah, that's but we're done, done riding, so yeah. fastness yeah. is all done. Yeah. yeah. We're still in our shammies. We need some carbs. Shammy, yeah. t- shammy time is training time. We're still sitting here in our shorts. Yeah. So we're good. Um, I actually am on a system uh, training program that is three weeks on, one week off, and l- this last week was technically my week off. And I've, I've been trying. My goal was to program my body to get up an hour earlier than I normally do and I've been doing pretty good at it but last week I was looking at the system workouts and it's like you know 28 minutes in zone two and I'm like fuck that I'm sleeping in (laughs) so I'm not gonna lie I skipped some of those workouts last week because I was like going I'm sleeping in this week uh but this week I'm back at it and um Monday uh, yeah yesterday I, I did I did get on the trainer did a workout uh, today I did a strength training workout and realized that I've got start. It's just starting all over again when you when you neglect it for so long. But it, it would you know. So I've got my training program is like three rides a week, two strength days a week, and two yoga days a week. So it's mm-hmm. you know. But some of you know the strength training t- thing that kind of kicked my ass today was only like twenty eight minutes mm-hmm. thirty. No, it's like thirty two minutes long. It's just like boom, 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 boom. It's quick and to the point. And I'm, I still am so used to thinking that 30 minutes is nowhere near enough to do any benefit. Mm. Um, so that's that's a kind of a hurdle I'm getting over. But, but you know, it's, it's good. And uh, so I'm, yeah, so I'm getting up on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, seeing how long I can do that. 30 5, minutes. 5 a.m. 30 minutes is great. Really? 30 to 45. That's what I'm saying. That's all I do all winter. It's like a very valuable 30 minutes, though. Yeah, I mean, look at runners. They go for like a thirty-minute to an hour run. That's but yeah. a marathon is 
an average ride for for in terms that, of time you're talking about though. So you're comparing int- apples and oranges. But that's because of intensity, like the difference. So you can go for like a one of 30, 40 minute run because you can run in a very intense fashion and get a good workout. The problem with riding outside in 30 to 40 minutes is getting to the place in which you can actually train that hard. But on a trainer, you can hop on and you can just get your workout in immediately. Just like as if you were running and then you can just get off. And to back that up, even our training series, that's 35, 45 minutes long. That's like the races. Yeah, 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 we're done. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, you could ride out there if you want or drive, whatever, but like really it's that 30, 40 minutes that, that counts for yeah. building. Mm-hmm. So, how do you guys stay motivated? How are you guys trying to find a way? I mean, now it's probably new, right? It's like, okay, hold on to the fitness, keep things going. I'm motivated to keep going. How are you guys going to handle the darker days, November, December, January, February? How, what's going to keep you going? Well, I will say something at least that works for me is that we were like kind of pushing our bodies for so many months. I mean, God, from what, March to like September, Yeah, you know, so that's a long period of time to really be working it. And I think that it's just kind of a mental break from always having to be on about like going outside, really pushing it on every single ride you do because you're it's like it's the season now yeah but now it just kind of feels like oh it this is like more of a treat okay funnily enough it feels like it's uh just something to keep me like active and it kind of boosts my mood a little bit so that helps but i also i've been finding it fun oddly enough to just kind of have some sort of exercise and maybe it doesn't need to take as long because then you get to come back and you get to relax like you said you get Mm-hmm. A really sh- a, a, a short amount of time with a great workout, and then you can just sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm-hmm. The super hard shit early in the morning is not easy, oh, though. It is, you not know, when right. you know you've got a brilliant intensity interval based workout at five o'clock in the morning. Miserable, right? And that's why I move mine always to like four ish, because then I can after I do it. Yeah, I just get to have dinner and not do anything anymore. Yeah, I can't do that, so I have to do it in the right. mornings. Mm. I like to pair it with like a like pair a workout with something like a beer or a nice meal. <laughs> like know? a like, oh, if I ride, I can go have a beer. If I ride, I can like uh, you know go to go out and get one of my favorite That's, takeout meals. There you go. That's a good way to keep motivated. Yeah, yeah. Right reward yourself I don't know with if the it's takeout meal. I don't know if that's healthy. Just saying, but yeah. Well, you're just regaining the calories that you just had had burned. You you're, know? But you're still on keel. You're still on zero. So if I eat a thousand calories but i burned a thousand calories i'm still the same guy i was when i got up this morning yeah it's better right? than not doing anything yeah. then you yeah. just consumed a thousand calories yeah. and now you're in the hole right yep. yeah yeah there you go and the hole doesn't fit no because of those <laughs> calories <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh oh yeah i got the new bumper so we're gonna jump to tonight's topic brought to us by our friends at cycle systems academy Oh my gosh, you guys, if you think, and it's funny that we have the bike in the background because Cycle Systems Academy is going to teach you how to take care of everything. Get to Cycle Systems Academy. Use the link at packfiller.com. Trust me. 
So the state of the LBS is my first uh, topic for tonight. The state of the local bike shop. COVID saw a boom. Bikes were the things to get. Apparently, a lot of people did. Since then, supplies have slowly come back, and bike shops appear to have uh, weathered the storm. Well, some of them, at least. Uh, so let's get honest with things that work and don't work in the bike shop industry. And I, I you know, I'm, this this might be kind of insulting to some of our friends who are in the bike shop industry, but but I think I think it's a voice about what's going on and and why people tend to they're why they're going online. Um, gentlemen, what was the last major purchase you made in a bike shop? Last major purchase? I purchased my wheels. Which was a pretty hefty purchase. Sure, from one of our local Your Reynolds shops. wheels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can plug them. No, I know Ro- Mojo. Oh yeah, I bought yeah. I bought them from Mojo. They're really nice about it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. I would rather do it that way. Okay, mm-hmm. you would. I would too. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. I'm finding, you know, I I really want to support the local bike shop, but sometimes it's you know the allure of the ease. And it shows up on my front door. Yep. And especially if you know what you want. Yeah. I I knew I wanted a new um, Prevail S Works Prevail because mm-hmm. I know that helmet works well for me. Um, I've been planning to buy one. We had a trip coming up. It was like two weeks from the trip. I was like, I want this helmet. It was for that bike packing trip to the San Juans. And I'm looking on Backcountry. I'm looking at the local bike shop. It's the same price. I was like, well, I'll just get it from the local bike shop since I'm not in a hurry. I've got two weeks. Yeah. And I put an online order in on the bike shop because they didn't carry it, unfortunately. Um, they didn't have any in stock. And I was like, two weeks should be plenty. It was supposed to come in a week. Uh, and I was pretty dang frustrated when two weeks rolled around. I'm leaving for my trip, and it's still in transit somewhere. Yeah. When I could have bought it online for the same price and had it in two days. And, you know, there was some issues with Specialized. There's nothing against the bike shop. They did everything no. they could. But, like, spe- the way that Specialized had their their uh, inventory overstocked um, at that time, they actually they were marking things as uh, backordered because they could not physically get to them in their warehouse. Like, they were behind so much other product, they just marked it backordered. And uh, maybe that's what happened with this helmet. But I'm sitting there, I'm just like, I could have just ordered it from Backcountry, had it in two days. Instead, like I, I waited, tried to go through the local shop, and it was a bit of a bummer because I mean I didn't get it for the for the trip that I wanted to to have the helmet for, but yeah. So the, I mean that's a it's an unfortunate convenience of online shopping, um, but you have to know what you want for that to actually be sure a viable option when you don't know what you want when you need um, expert advice, especially on mechanical things or what the best shoe is, what the best helmet is, then that's an invaluable part of, of a bike shop that probably won't go away. Paul, what'd you buy from a bike shop recently? Of, of, yeah, of a seat post for cars. my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you I, were scrambling to get yeah, that whole I mean, thing Yeah, I mean, even online yeah. was trying yeah. to harden it. And I used a local bike shop, you know. Yeah. I mean, they have access to... Um, Did they have it in stock? No. And, and that comes to, like, part of this the problem with owning a bike shop working at a bike shop used to back in the 80s and 90s you you had it in stock you know yeah and it was pretty simple and now the complexity of just putting together that cervello there's no way a bike shop can have everything that i need for that particular bike yeah and there's i mean to stock all that there's no mm-hmm. way 
um, you sent that retailer magazine, you know, yeah. article and stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah. And here's an incident when when mail order became big before the internet. Um, <clears throat> there's a local guy came in to the bike shop I was working at. We were a high end bike shop. And the hardest thing to get people fit for is a saddle. How do you tell them? Oh, you God, can't. Yeah. You don't know what it is. And so, talk to them. I spent a lot of time. And margins, if you understand margins, th- those type of products are very, very small. So, what's tied up in when you sell, your profit goes into me selling it, the taxes and the labor that's all involved with that, that's thrown in there. So, you get a small piece of the pie. In order to make, with, with low margins, in order to make a lot of money, you had to sell lots of them which yeah. means you're going to have to have a lot in stock. Mm-hmm. And if it's not what people want or the new product like nowadays, every year there's something new is hot yeah. and you're sitting on a bunch of turds. I got a case full of seat posts backstage, <clears throat> mm-hmm. that, you know, backstage, whoops, mm-hmm. ba- you know, back in the store storeroom that nobody wants anymore because it's the wrong color. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case with the seat, po- uh, seat uh, particular seat, flight saddles were the rage. Sure. And then I was talking about them. We finally got one in. It was for another customer on a custom bike. I had him look at it, blah, blah, blah. I probably spent maybe five hours in, in like within a month. He would come in periodically and look at it. And then I never saw him. And a I saddle. Gonna, it's just a saddle. But back Jeez. then it was expensive because saddles used to only be about 45, 50 bucks. Yeah. You started getting titanium railed stuff. Flights were like 150, 160 bucks, and people were like, "Are you kidding?" Now that's a cheap saddle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'd be like, "Give me that now." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, but that, that's that's like one a, of those things. A rock on a stick. <laughs> now, yeah. use your thumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he came in on his mail order bike that he bought after we talked about componentry and stuff. He bought everything online. And he wanted it tuned up because it came from the factory. And I looked, and there's a brand-new saddle, yeah. flight saddle. We got $0 and about five hours of my labor titan. There's no way you can make money on that. Mm-mm. So I'll take it to construction really quickly here. Um, I went down to Carhartt. I tried to do local, even though Carhartt's not a local you know, manufacturer. We have, a, have people that a, are employing people. A storefront people. down yep. here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I thought I'd go there. And I have an unusual size. I have long legs and, you know, a skinny waist for my longer legs. And they're like, well, we just have a few of those. But you can go online. Here's our – you can go right here. And I'm like, that's why I'm here. I, I could have do done this, this from my home. living room. Yeah, and it frustrated yeah. me. But they're, in order for it to be profitable, they have to hit mainstream, normal, everyday use stuff. And then you can order – you know, they can't stock it because it will sit on the shelves for oddballs yeah. like me. So and I think bike shops are the same thing. Every every bike has two to three different colors. Then you have sizes, and then you, mm-hmm. bikes are the worst thing for a bike shop to yeah. have to make money. Well, and that's what uh, there's a, a social media group that that forwarded this article from the bicycle retailer uh, recently about the fact that. Uh, that many bike shops are straying away from what they call the big four. Uh, manufacturers, Trek, Specialized, Giant, and this group called the Pawn Group, which is Cannondale, Santa Cruz, Cervelo, uh, things like that. I don't know all the brands within that group. Um, and, the, and the fact that they're straying away, shops are straying away from that because of the fact that these these larger companies tend to make bike shops 
maintain a specific in, amount of inventory. You know, so if, if I got a Cannondale dealership, I have to buy 30 bikes or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And these guys are going, I have a thousand square foot shop. I have a very tight budget. Um, I don't have, you know, what what's going to happen, like you said, Paul, when the new color comes out and I don't have that on my floor, you tell me I got to buy 40 new bikes in order to have them in that color. Uh, it just doesn't make financial sense and you know and then you think about it when you go into your local shops i don't know about you know you the listener where where things are but i'll go into a shop and let's say i'm shopping for a helmet or shoes or a kit i can't tell you the last time i bought any of that from an lbs because they just don't carry it anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for good reason yeah yeah um you know and and it's it's just a, a bizarre business model because the shop's business now is almost entirely based upon service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, you and I had a conversation very similar to this the other day about uh, like particular items that are very personal. I mean, helmet you mentioned and yeah. shoes you mentioned too. I find that I you always want to try on a pair of shoes before you put. Yep a thousand plus miles on it in a year but you can't anymore excuse me you can't anymore because um it's just not around yeah. i mean if i wanted to try on my my zeros you can't find a place within this town to do it mm-hmm. as, as well with Pac. that's yeah. a that's a very vital component i at least feel of my writing um and i i couldn't tell whether that was going to fit my very large head yeah admittedly so but I also think that it kind of takes it to another level, though, of like, if you want to stock those very pro specialty items, you're also going to kind of lose a large base of your business as a shop. I mean, we went in Seattle, Paul you, uh, Paul and Dad, the yeah. three of us, we all went to a shop in Seattle, and they had very roady, racy type of products in that store. Yeah. And instantly, I looked at it and I was like, "This is catered totally towards me. I love this. I love all this stuff that's here, because it's I'm a roadie. I'm a racer. I love all this stuff." But then, how the hell are these guys making money? Exactly. What I they don't have inventory though. There. Think about it. No. They just had yeah. a couple of show bikes, and you ordered from that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But when Joan comes out off the street looking yeah. for a bike, and they come in there, and you see a fifteen thousand dollar Penarello e road bike. Yeah. She's gonna walk right back out and go to REI. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's it's a really complicated subject. You got to find your I think a bike shop has to know their niche. Yeah. yeah. I think Mojo's done a good job with gravel. Sure. And they carry other things too, but that I think a brilliant that's idea. Yeah. Yeah, they, and there's some some places in town that do a really good job on mountain bikes. Yeah. You can't you can't do it all. That's and yeah. I think like you're talking a small square uh, square footage and being mm-hmm. service, you make money on labor. Yeah, repairs. So that's where you make your money. Yep. The the theory used to be if you don't sell a bike, then you're not going to get their repairs. Yeah. And the place that I I was at when I was doing like a, a, a spiel on a bike, and their, you know, the competitive bike was a Trek that was at a different bike shop. I said, hey, whatever you choose, just be happy. But yeah. we work on all bikes. That I always said that. Mm-hmm. Whether you come back, don't, because some people are afraid. It's like ah, you spent so much time, or you you know, I thought yeah. you're a nice person. But I like this bike either, and then you don't see them. You yeah. say, "Hey, no problem." Yeah, you know, I, I have friends that ride a Trek. I don't yeah. like them, but 
the friends yeah. or the or tracks. the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, you run into that situation where I've heard, I've heard tales of of people saying that if you buy a bike from online or somebody else, we're not going to work on it. That is that is basically. No digging your own grave mm-hmm. as a bike shop mm-hmm. oh, yeah. where a lot of these these shops are saying you know hey order online ship it to us sure we'll charge you for assembly we'll have it ready to go we'll dial it in and we'll give you a service mm-hmm. you know for the first five years kind of a guarantee or mm-hmm. something like not five years one year but i mean that's a way you can embrace it and all of a sudden i don't have to stock any inventory i don't have any bikes in the back that are rusting or, or anything like that. Do you guys uh, stay loyal to a shop or do you bounce around? Hmm. It depends on... I guess I bounce around because I was going to say it depends on mm-hmm. the job needing done. Sure. I find that um, for repairs, I will go to one shop or for product, I'll go to another shop. Yeah. It just kind of depends. I mean, I will admit because of the readily available inventory, I will... Sometimes go to REI. I know that's mm-hmm. oh no, I know that's bad, but that's right. They're they're laying off some people, so they need yeah. to help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I'll get my tires there, for instance. I sure. always, I'll nine times out of ten buy my tires yeah. from there. So yeah. yeah, you guys bounce around, or are you you loyal? I'm pretty loyal. I'm very loyal. I try and stay loyal as yeah. much as possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a pinch, I'll go to another bike shop. But sure. Usually, there's where do you usually go? Uh, Mojo's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I end up just going to the one closest to my house because I just pick up little bits and pieces. Yeah, it depends on what you're shopping for. You know, yeah. like if I need a tube, I'm going to go to the close one. But yeah. if I need a set of wheels, I'm going to go to another one. Or if I need yeah. something like that, yeah. Between between Sam and, like, he does the things I can't do for service. So yeah. I, I haven't, to be honest, I've never dropped my bike off at a, at a shop because it takes too long to get it back and then you don't yeah. have your bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's Sam and I just knock it out in one day or something. So I just go for little bits and pieces and so I just go to the closest shop. Yeah. You ever been talked down to by yes. a, by a shop employee? Oh yes. I think I definitely have the second though, that I mention like a very, very particular word. Yeah. Then it kind of clicks in for the, for the other person. So like if I, you know, if you call it bar tape yeah. rather than like, the handlebar wrap, wrap, yeah, yeah instantly yeah. they're like, oh, okay. It's so it. I, I feel like you have to break that initial <clears throat> wall down yeah. of the store employee to really get them to understand. Like, okay, you understand what's going on a little here. I there, you know, uh, there are shops that I know the employees and I don't get talked down to, but there are shops I'll go into today that still mm-hmm. treat me like I'm an idiot, and and I understand a lot of the the bike shop stigma that gets there. It's it's almost like record stores back in the 80s and stuff like that. You know, everybody was cool, worked at the bike shop. I mean, at the, at the record mm-hmm. store. And and it's like, sometimes it's like the, the employees there are really knowledgeable in what they do, but they really don't understand necessarily a sales and, comf- and customer service. And I think right. that's something about the LBS that sometimes really kind of drives me crazy because it's like going, well, you know, it depends on what you want to do and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like going, dude, I just want, fucking tube you know let me let me go get can i help can i help you find something yeah i wanted a tube well what size i'm like just point me to the fucking tubes i know where i'm going you know or something Mm -hmm. like that or you know i might ask something about i don't know you know 
pressures or something like that. And then they just get into this huge spiel. And I've heard of people, you know, there are a lot of people there, a lot of stories online of people going in there, especially women going into bike shops. And they're like, oh, shrink it and pink it. I'm going to take you over here to Mm -hmm. the cool, pretty pink bike because you're a girl. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't do that, you know. And so I think that is a sometimes uh you know a, a downside of what they're running into and and you know what what would you change and also the allure of bike shops themselves we've talked ad nauseum on this show about about what could get you to go to a shop on a consistent basis and we've talked about you know the beer and the wine and the 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 coffee and all that kind of stuff that's a huge uh, investment for a bike shop owner who's barely trying to make it going by changing flat tires for Billy down the street. Mm-hmm. What uh, some some shops are leading rides. Some shops are you know you're having to reinvent how you get people in the door. Have you guys heard of anything that works or or something like that 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 would even attract you to to go to a shop on a regular basis? I used to just go and. When they have the pretty bikes in the in the window, <laughs> they works. never have the but, pretty but bikes in the window anymore, anymore because people smash and grab. Yeah, yeah. there's too many smash yeah. and grabs. But I used to just go yeah. look at the bikes and be like, "Whoa, yeah. someday I'll have one of those." Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is something that I've thought about for <clears throat> a lot. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's de- it's definitely a different time to have any sort of business. You know, you can't just open store and be like, "Okay, that's it." Come on in. Yeah. Where are the people? You can't do that anymore. You have to cater to so many different avenues. I mean, <clears throat> social media is, I mean, a, a, a starting point. I think that that's a place to just kind of get a message out. Um, but then I think that a lot of our local shops, particularly, I think Mojo does a really good job with this. Um, but community engagement, I think, is like a mm-hmm. huge part of what a local bike shop needs. They need to build a community of their own bike shop, almost a culture. Yeah, so to yeah. Sign that, like is is a word that I think of, because um, I think if you don't do that, then nobody's going to suggest your shop. Because if uh, if you go in and you meet the people that are leading the rides that work at said shop, and you're like, wow, they're really cool. Go to them; they're going to be really nice. They'll help you through it on on everything. And I find that a lot of the time, going into a bike shop, I I look at it. I look at it as a collaboration moment, and I think when you meet people that are willing to collaborate with you on what you want from that experience, I think that's what keeps someone going back to the shop, not the person that's going to talk down to you and tell yeah. you that you need to shrink it and pink it. And I'm when I go to a shop, for example, if I go to REI, I don't want a guy who's an expert in carabiners, yeah. you know, telling me how to do something different, you know, on my bike just because he happened to be in that area. I worked in the ski industry for a long time, and I remember I'd be accidentally in the snowboard room, and somebody'd ask me a question, and I would I would pull shit out of my ass making <laughs> stuff up, and I the snowboard guy'd come over to me and go, Shh, Pat, shut the fuck up, I got this, and I'm like, thank you God, because I felt like an idiot. Paul, you you um, worked in a shop for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, was this even thought of the fact that creating this social dynamic, that creating this this community was ever going to be a part of the equation. You just open the doors and let people come in, right? That's what the owner of that business, that's what he, how he wanted it. He didn't want music. He didn't want distraction. It was really? kind of stale. And there's many winter nights that I was just, you know, clean so much and looking around and trying to reorganize and display things and hearing the buzzing of the fluorescent lights, it's got to be a better way. And <laughs> and I remember in 1990, I came up with an idea that's 
everybody does now is is a coffee shop. The thing yeah. is, you got to bring people in, even if they're just whether they're going there. I wanted people to have experience of of cycling, having TVs going on, not particularly having, you know, the sound of the event going. Maybe yeah. Perry Roubaix over here, Tour de France from 1986. Blah blah blah. There's yeah. like three or four. So you had this kind of theme going. Um, I didn't want to get into food. There's more coffee and like mm-hmm. over the counter stuff. But what about like avocado toast? <laughs> See, <they're, laughs> come on. Now the labor goes up. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's it's one of those things. These where, avocados are not right. <laughs> yeah. I want to send it back. Yeah, it's a, no. you know then you you're dealing with you know food spoilage and food yeah. costs and stuff. But you know to me it's like keeping it simple. But have a lounge where people can just sit around and BS. And in the winter months, you know, because people there was some customers that would come in. And just basically shoot the shit yeah. with me. And we'd talk about bike racing or different bike parts or whatever. What I heard is coming down. You know what Shimano's doing? They're coming out with this yeah. STI. Bra- what? You know, mm-hmm. and that you type of thing. You can shift your bike from yeah. your brakes. You don't have to use yeah. down yeah. tubes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So, I mean, all that. And it was fun for me because it made those long winter, dark winter days, you know, fly by. Yeah. And I thought, and I proposed it to my then boss. And he's like, oh, no, no. And I wow. knew how to do coffee because my friend Jay, yeah. who before Starbucks was what it is now, before when I had their IPO and went yeah. big, um, he t- trained me how to do coffee the right way. And I used to pour coffee. Yeah. And I thought, I've got, I've got the skill. I've got, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is what we should do. This, this section that nobody seems to go to in the store, mm-hmm. you have a lounge and you set up like merchandising. It's all about items that kind of stick you make them people walk around them so they see them instead of tucking them in the corner yeah mm. it's like a dark corner or something people just anyway yeah that yeah. I, I that's the stuff that i think you have to create and i think it stimulates if you do that like what we've been talking about just so that people don't feel like they're going to the bike shop just to buy something yeah right. mm-hmm. they're going there and well you know they can sit down and talk to somebody and have a coffee or a beer or yeah mm-hmm. or avocado toast or whatever yeah <laughs> there, there are times that uh that like i i want to stop by just to look around like just to because there's new things that are out and back when there was a, a cafe in the local bike shop by my house i mean i would go there all the time and it was not it was so nice to be able to be like oh i'm gonna get this with an avocado toast and a coffee <laughs> and then they're making it and i'm like looking at all the new bikes yeah. and like mm-hmm. you look, you get to you get exposure to the products and people aren't bombarding you with like oh can i help you buy something like you're saying you yeah mm-hmm. it, it takes the pressure off of buying it in that moment and you get the chance to just kind of expose Wander. yourself to the product you over walk and over. by it enough mm-hmm. and, then and you one day it. you're gonna have like yeah. i've had two saint bernadus yes <laughs> i'm buying that goddamn thing <laughs> and an avocado toast you're mine throw in the avocado yeah, toast yeah, exactly. and i'll buy two yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> avocado toast so, uh, you know, and I, I don't know how related this topic is, but I, I saw these articles and I wanted, to, I wanted to bring it up to you guys. And so I kind of sent them to you earlier. And so this is somewhat related. Cycling Weekly recently published an article discussing the inclusive nature of the sport and the lack thereof. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to premise it with uh, preface it sorry with this uh, that i'm not i'm i'm kind of tired of this and and not of inclusivity but being told to be more inclusive um i consider myself a somewhat open-minded person and i you know most 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Nazis probably do too. But um, <laughs> I've never told anyone not to be a bike rider. I've never not wanted or waved or talked with a fellow bike rider. And I love seeing people of all types out there bike riding. But but apparently as, as a white man, I tend to be the problem. Um, and, and, and this article kind of, you know, alluded to that. I'm, I, you know, I'm drawing conclusions, but, um, but, but there are moments where cycling definitely needs more people of more diversity, diversity. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I don't know if, you know, yes, I host a podcast and I should talk about these types of things and that's why we're doing this. But I don't know if it should be severely resting upon the shoulders of the guys who've been bike racing for a long time because they're the guys who've been racing for a long time, if that makes any sense. So what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts, just to start off, your thoughts on cycling and inclusivity? You know, is, 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 is there a problem? Paul mm-hmm. nodded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, of course. It's one of those sports that's, I mean, very male-centric. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a good portion of other sports in this world. Um, or uh, at least the, the attention is given towards the male side of the sport, for sure. Um, Do you say that through uh, the the advertising, the marketing, the well, you know any other specific all of elements? it? Okay, all of okay. it re- really because I mean guys who are riding looking like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. scrunching their face up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's that. We rec- we had a recent pretty hefty blunder when it comes to the UCI and not willing to yeah put the effort in to give us TV coverage of a of a women's race. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, we're at that point now where nothing's realistically going to change without the change in power. If we're really thinking about it, unless there's some sort of, you know, diversity change within that governing body, it's just going to, it's it's all going to stay the same. We're, well, I think that when you look around, I mean, how many, what are the women's fields like at local races? Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's because it's all, it's all. Do women come out? Yeah right. Well, exactly. No. Yeah. It's because it's all it's all catered towards men. You see advertisements of races. What do the images look like when you don't see people that look like you? Are you really going to be keyed in to race that point. type of event? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I will throw this out a little bit on the defense of promoters, at least locally. There is many many times where women have like the same prize list, yeah. and and less entry fee to mm-hmm. encourage that. Mm-hmm. 
um, I'm sure their their advertisements probably like shows a guy raising his hands for victory. Yeah, was a woman, but I don't think I don't know if that would. I mean, for me, getting into the sport, it I think all of us. Your first time you pull up your first group ride, you're thinking I look like a total dick. Yeah, I, I stand out. Mm-hmm. I'm still wearing my underwear underneath my shorts or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, it's it's tough to crack. It really yeah. is, and even as easy it is as a white male, I'm sure it's way tougher for them. But I and I think where you were going is that as a white male, I don't think I should direct or try and figure out how to solve this problem. Yeah, and I think it needs to be a collective of, of people of diversity. I'll be more than glad to do whatever I can to help you, but I need you to direct it. Yeah, I, yeah. because. All I'm going to do is do what I know, and it's a white male's thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and that's how I feel, and it's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. yeah, just right. let's get, yeah. get together. You guys want to know this is how we do it, and you may have to tweak it instead of shrink it and pink it. Yeah. Like, that's probably why those bikes come around. Right. Yeah. It's because they got some, you know, that's not what oh, girls yeah. like pink. Yeah. Right. So well, let's yeah. do girly yeah. colors. Yeah. Kind so of a, let's yeah. get Although my wife women loves in the pink position. Bikes. My wife does love pink bikes. <clears throat> yeah. 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 It's it's kind of one of those <clears throat> things where it's like we as white male individuals can support, but then giving the room for those individuals to voice their own opinions and feelings about it all, I think is the as Paul is what you said, mm-hmm. kind of the most important part. Because mm-hmm. hearing those voices is what we need mm-hmm. more than hearing the same voice. Yeah. And and you know we've had moments of uh, of, of diversity movements, uh, for sure. you know, the Williams brothers, for example, mm-hmm. and, and Legion and what they created and 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 the inspiration they created from that. And you know, I think we were talking on a ride about you know, and I, I'm scared bringing them up because I you know I'm going to suddenly get bashed online that um, they have done some amazing things, but recently they've kind of tarnished that with their their childish attitudes. And that's too bad. But but I'm not saying that that African American and multicultural cycling is resting on their shoulders. Um, there are other examples, and you know, I, when in in reaction to this same article, there were uh, writers from the 1980s who said, "Hey, easy, you know, we." experienced a lot of racing with a lot of multicultural riders you know even back as, as far back in the 80s we're not fighting this you know there is there's not some sort of a of a backlash you know about this you know good god we want people to show up at bike races you know we want big fields we want the you know all the these types of dynamics can i add on that there is i can't remember his name but he was at one time involved with Zwift and uh, he's black, and he was in L.A. and used to get in trouble. And he, in order to get out of trouble, I wish I could remember his huh. story. It was a great story he's telling you about. The, he had to, I don't know if it's court or his parents told him, he had to do something that keeps him active. And he got into track racing down in L.A. Wow. And he actually hid his shoes and his kit away from his friends because he was embarrassed. Yeah. So that's the kind of diversity they have to do with not only with with the white dominated male sport that we're in yeah. but also sometimes in their own culture. Mm-hmm. And so that is a that's something that I can't contribute to. That's but how do, how do how does that get broken? Yeah. And hopefully the Williams brothers kind of pop that out a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was yeah. good to hear 
that was, I heard that probably about five, six years, maybe 10 years ago. A guy, and I'm like, I think oh I gosh, can't remember ben who that was, but yeah, I, I know who you're talking anyway, about. Yeah. Yeah. If you can ever hear his story, it, it's really great. Nelson Bell, Scott Berryman were both writers mm-hmm. who, who kind of came into it in, in different ways like yeah. that, you know, um, um, now I'm going to back up a little bit here because we're talking about the large picture here and we're talking about everybody and everything and all this kind of stuff. But on a personal and local level, is it is it always the cyclist, the individual cyclist's responsibility to accept other cyclists? Because I'll see things online when, you know what, let's say I make a post about somebody who is on an e-bike and I think it's bullshit. All of a sudden you're attacked. The vitriol that is thrown at you because you made fun of somebody for the bike they were on i didn't do it i didn't attack that person individually but i did that you know or something like that um and we also run into this situation where what if somebody's just an asshole and i don't want to be nice to him well you got to do it for the good of the sport is it is is it okay to not like somebody or not like something anymore or have we reached the point in our culture where it's just opposition, opposition, opposition. I, I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to like everybody and be overtly kind. I mean, I, there's people that I just don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time around in cycling, yeah. but I'm still respectful to them. I still yeah. would, I would still treat them with respect and expect the same back from them. But I wouldn't hang out with them or choose to ride with them. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I, I do think that there is issues with if you don't like somebody, it doesn't mean you're allowed to, you know, treat them poorly or because, again, that is for the better of the sport. We can't be, you know, just because you have a disagreement with somebody if you're in your own bikes doesn't mean you can be a jerk to them. You should still treat them with respect. You just don't associate with them when you when you don't have to yeah. and, and don't ride with them when you don't have to. There's lots of people and opportunity to ride. So, so you guys are too nice. I got in a screaming match with somebody in the middle of a downtown crit one year, and it was Mike, the guy you, you know, mm-hmm. know really well. And I think I told him to fuck off at the top of my lungs. In what the did you guys do crit. after the race? Because there's, there's uh, we race didn't brain. speak. We didn't speak. <laughs> yeah. If you knew Mike, he was yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's race brain, and then and then you can like there is race brain. There's, there's the on bike asshole. There's the on bike asshole. Absolutely. How about the the the, uh, the concept of paying your dues? And uh, yes, I'm sounding like an old fart. Yeah. Um, there was always this, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, yes, I had a coach. Yes, I had teammates and things like that, but not everybody in the Peloton was like, oh, come on in, man. Hey, yeah. welcome aboard. We're going to give you a big hug. It was like, fuck you. So, I mean, no uh, such thing. That's how I feel about of it. Of what? Paying your dues. There is no such thing? I don't think so. Really? Because I think if you're talented enough, you know the sport. Or I, I think if you're not, not even if you know the sport, I think even there is. tactically, though. But I think like there is the difference between paying your dues and a barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. thousand percent. No, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about barrier to entry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And thank you for clarifying that. No, so people sure. aren't going bad. You're, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you're I think not that, being inclusive. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think, I think that um, if you've. If you're talented enough, you know what you're doing out there and you're stronger than the other person, There's no, there shouldn't be any such thing as paying your dues. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm 24 and some guy's 36 racing against me, I don't have to give him the right of way. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. That's not how life works. You this got, isn't medicine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, like real, but like realistically, what I mean, everybody's stepping on everybody else to get what they need. So 
why should because you have a you've opened your eyes earlier than I did. Yeah. means that you deserve it more than I do. Right. I, can you tell that I have a chip on my shoulder because of this? Yeah. yeah. I just think it's so annoying when people say I've been on this earth longer than you, so I deserve it more. That's stupid. Yeah. If you've, if you've Respect earned, your elders, God But if you've it. earned it, you've got to that point where you sh- rightfully should have that specific thing, then it's yours. And that's been a dynamic shift. Um, I, I keep thinking of the Propeloton, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at Paul because there was this time hierarchy. when you mm-hmm. there was the hierarchy in mm-hmm. the peloton and you know i'm not saying it's that way locally jesus no you know, well I, I think we experienced it even locally if you if you were new in, into like when i signed up for for the training races and stuff yeah i didn't know what i was doing to be honest with you um and you heard about it yeah you were in the wrong place or that your line was wrong and or you weaved, you made a quick little move, and you hear, hold your line, yeah. you know, yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. So it, that's part of, I think, that's earning your stripes, not so much anything else. You you have to be open to criticism when you're a beginner. Yeah. And and once you, you start following, you know, and, and, and I think it happens too. I think racing, even in different regions, I notice the way things are raced are differently. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you find you know, okay, this is how it's done. Then you don't have to give away to the 36-year-old when you're 24. It's like, yeah. no, I just saw you do this. I'm not giving up my mm-hmm. position. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's local racing. That's that's fine. But you don't just get to chop them in a corner. That's you're going to hear di- it. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. But you, you, you mentioned the words open to criticism. Um, are we culturally unable to accept criticism? Yes. Are, are, is it without claiming it's mansplaining or down talking or right. you know I just talked about a bike shop you know being down talked to in a bike shop mm-hmm. you know so I'm not saying that you know we live in a perfect world but are are we so are we more hypersensitive to it or mm-hmm. are we able to offer open criticism and say hey what you did there was dangerous it was wrong you shouldn't do that or you know or or is, are people going to get just hurt and leave the sport and say you weren't accepting to me being new to the sport i think there's a time and a place for it all i don't that's the hard part though is because th- nobody's going to ever have the time or the place for it and sometimes with certain individuals that's how it is you know like yeah i think that some people you can look at and be like hey like that might not have been great but i also think that it's a level on which you know the person, I can't just come up to a stranger and say, "Hey, you did a stupid thing in that race." Because yeah, how the who the hell do I or what right do I have to go up to that random person and just say, "I know better than you." You do if they almost knocked you out of not going to work on Monday. <laughs> but who's to say that they are they don't already know that? Yeah, you know it's it's it's, it's tough. I think it is. I think especially, and and that flashes back this this year. Uh, there's a well known cat two writer. Um, and I'm friends with his dad who went to uh, Gravel Worlds. We know who he is. Sam's right. He's not, not here. No, We Dan, can talk about Dan. him. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm anyway, joking. In, in the crit, he shot a gap, which I probably would have shot a two. Yeah. And he overlapped my wheel. He just kind of misjudged a little yeah. bit. I didn't say anything till afterwards, or I think it might have been even when we're on the bike. And he's like really apologizing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't know how many times I personally, you got to understand that all of us are going to make a 
dumbass move at some point, even in a race. Thousand percent. I will before tomorrow And you've got to keep that in your mind when you're giving somebody criticism as opposed to, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. You just about took me down. We've taken a whole pack. Yeah. And you've never done that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that's what, I think that's the attitude that needs to change in bike racing. And that's where people are like, you know. But the attitude that also. You think I want to take the whole pack out? Yeah. The attitude that, the attitude that isn't, that has changed though, is the ability of somebody to come up to you and say, I'm so sorry, man. Are you okay? I fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's willing to say that. Well, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's... I'm saying culturally, we're all everybody's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at their online po- profile. Everybody's oh, sure. right yeah. all the time. You know, and and nobody's willing to. St- you know, you can't talk to anybody these days. And I know I'm sounding like an old guy, and just deal with it. Um, <laughs> you can't talk to anybody these days about anything, and they're nobody's going to walk away from you going, "God, you were right. I'm sorry. I, I man, you changed my entire perspective mm-hmm. from the political spectrum all the way down to you know Peter Sagan's career. Um, it's it's just it it <laughs> cut deep, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it just blows me away that that there's never that humility, that that empathy, the ability to walk up and say. I Paul, I cut across your wheel, man. So sorry for doing that. Mm-hmm. You, am I am I overreacting? No, am I, I being? Hy- I think you're right. I think here? that um, like starting when I I feel like when I started cycling, uh, you know, in 2012, yeah. 2013, whatever. Yeah, people were. By the time they were like halfway through their 10 cat five races, <laughs> they were <laughs> professionals. Yeah. You know, yeah. they knew everything there was. They were they, two sprint wins away from a pro contract. Yes. And, and unfortunately, like there was that mentality of like, you know, I'm always right. You were in my way, that yeah. sort of thing. And it, and what you're talking about, that's an exceptional, that's an outstanding situation where because you have a, a outstanding human who responded appropriately um but yeah typically you call somebody out and they immediately go on the defensive yeah and uh, no no you shouldn't have been there you should have held your life whatever and it's it's unfortunately that is i think part of the culture because of what you just mentioned with all of the other dynamics in the world right now people are instantly professional they're instantly experienced yeah. after five cat five races and they have a support group yeah. online right. of 10 people who agree with everything they say yeah and we don't have any opposition we don't have anybody who says eh, well i hate to tell you this but mm-hmm. this is the importance of yeah. the local legend okay yeah i'm just saying <laughs> don't take your roles lightly here yeah. because there was a guy when i was in college who was he was 60 years old. He was a fudging legend. He was still a cat one and would beat a lot of young cat ones. And he would come up to you in a race and just be like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? That was the dumbest thing. And everybody would just look at him and be like, yeah, you're right. Like you, cause, cause he was a freaking legend. Yeah. yeah. And when he told you to stop doing something, you stopped. Yeah. But, Patron. but yeah. you need, yeah. you need that figure to tell you that it can't be some random guy you just met in a race. Who's going to be like, you know, you did this wrong. You don't know anything about him, but your local legend comes up to you and they tell you, you're like, oh, all right, well. Yeah. I don't know how I would take if a lo- if, if an older guy came up to me and said that. I don't know if See, I would take I, it yeah. in. Yeah. Because. Fuck you, old man. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, boomer. <laughs> Well, because I mean, I'm the type of person that is very is is very aware of my own mistakes to a point in which that I beat myself up. Not sure. everybody's like that. 
though. You know, every a lot of people take criticism in different ways. For years, I was told that I was worthless uh, when I was playing soccer. And so, no, it was it was not my own father. <laughs> but phew, I'm glad we got that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, and I mean that heart that hardens a person for yeah. sure. Um, and so that that kind of helped me take it a little bit better. Um, but I I think that. I do agree with the fact that a lot of people now, they can't take a lot of criticism because they haven't had coaches tell them they're worthless and nobody should have to go through that if we're being really honest about it. But I will say on the flip side of things, do you though? Hearing, well, I think that kind of sometimes you need experiences yeah. where you can internalize it, figure it out by yourself, and then apply it is a big process that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. I was going to say though, on the flip side of things, hearing what Paul has to say about a local guy ra- racing and even in my own experience when I crashed the guy who thought he'd caused it who didn't by the way yeah. uh, came up to me and said I'm so sorry like are you okay yeah very another like, outstanding individual exactly. exactly and that shows that I think that we have a really great community locally yeah. that is willing to own up to their own th- own up to their own mistakes mm-hmm. in a lot of cases and so while there are a lot of people out there I think that it's also good to remember that we have a lot of good ones too. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Thank you for. They're overshadowed. Yeah. Unfortunately, but that's you're the right. case though. Yeah. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, yeah. and I think we run into a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and the, and the squeaky wheels also shut down races. The squeaky wheels are the ones who go online and complain. The squeaky wheels are the ones who who demand certain elements for the sport, and you know, and I don't know. There's so many, so many angry people, and it just it it. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard being a well-oiled bear ball bearing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Hard being a ceramic speed yeah. bearing. God. Never yeah. stops turning. Oversized pulley. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a weight joke for me. I'm an oversized. <laughs> oh pulley. no, giggity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we solved any problems, but no. it, was, it was a good conversation. Let's switch to di- time to ask Doctor David. Oh, oh, should oh. I give you the bumper? I'll give you the bumper. It's time to ask Dr. David. This week, it's about the cramps. Not that band, but uh, but um, the actual ones. If you've ridden yourself into exhaustion, you've likely experienced them. Even Tade Pogacar had a round of cramping at Lombardi. If, I don't know if you guys saw that, where he's mm-hmm. slamming his fist into his thighs. Um some of us even experience them at random times of the day and night, which I could not imagine having the night cramps. Does My wife. Mm. Does she? Yeah, I get those All too. the time. Really? Oh, All wow. the time. I remember once uh, we were f- we finished a winter ride and, and CP was sitting in the back of my car and all of a sudden out of nowhere he just started beating the shit out of the inside of my car because he was having a, a leg cramp. He's like, oh, God, ah, he's just slamming his fist at the side of my I'm like, dude, that's a window. It was a brand new forerunner and uh, man, he was just freaking I didn't, I had never seen that happen. Oh. But, um, and, you uh, cramp? Yeah. You don't cramp? I, at certain times I do. In, in rides. You don't cramp afterwards? No. I, oh, wow. Ra- I've cramped maybe once. Yeah. So I have. You genetic freaks. Are, do we get our little input? Well, well hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Some, some of us eat. Uh, so there are several home remedies and, and products out there that, that claim to alleviate the dreaded cramp. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about cramps. We're going to see what you do to prevent or or even alleviate them at the time when they're happening. And then we're going to see what, what we get from Dr. David. So, Paul, you, you had something. Yeah, so I you know, because <clears throat> I will get them afterwards more probably more so than I do on a ride. I'll get them on the ride also. Um, but my wife is, doesn't matter what, 
Middle of the night. Middle of the night. Oh. oh like, all the time. Especially as a nurse, because I think some of her timetable is thrown out. But I listened to this guy on cramps, and they really, according to this one doctor, and he'll fill us in too, yeah. they really don't know why. But it was interesting that people of German descent have a worse problem. CP's last name ends in Schmidt. Right, Schmidt. Yeah. yeah, and my wife is have the over 50% German. Wow, yeah, yeah. And her grandmother that and her aunt and, like, all her side of the family. I don't know if her mom, her mom might get a little bit. Wow. But yeah. her side of the family uh, in Germany all have massive problems with it. Really? So, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think from Sam being, and I have quite a bit of German, and, and we both cramp, cramp. pretty it bad. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. It's from being so tense all the time. That's right. So, I am going to get the cramps. <laughs> Did you say so handsome? Some being so tense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and handsome, too. Yeah, and yeah, handsome. Yeah, yeah. And handsome. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jackson, you know, do you, have you, you said you've had one or two? In my life, yeah, I've had a foot one, which those suck. Yeah, that's yeah, my wife sucks. gets them. Yeah, I, that's the worst one. But Toes um, bend and yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Um, but other than that, I mean, I cramped one time when uh, I did RCA three a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. that was it. You didn't in BWR. Mm-mm. Never cramped in BWR. I it's because I threw it all up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I get them um, probably due to high dehydration mm-hmm. situations in in long events. Uh, Leadville, I had some calves. My calves both went at different times and and things like that. Um, I've heard of pickle juice. I've heard mm-hmm. of what Hot was that? Shots. Hot shots. I've heard of some people using like uh, almost like a cinnamon and jalapeno. To what try was it that you had at, Le- uh, at Leadville? Remember somebody? That gave was you- the hot shot. <laughs> was it? Yeah. And they were handing them up because my calf had gone maybe a mile earlier, and they're like, "Hey, man, you getting cramps?" And the guy's handing out these bottles, these little vials. I mean, he could have been handing out methamphetamine, and I probably would have taken it and just gone, "Whatever." He probably you know, would have won if it was meth. Yeah. yeah, I probably. <laughs> I would have won. Probably yeah, helped, yeah. He, he kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Keegan Swenson's hair goes yeah. flying over. There. But um, no, um, and I took a shot of it, and it was it was like cinnamon, nutmeg, and jalapeno. And I just went. I looked at the guy next to me, and I went, "What the fuck did he just give us?" <laughs> He's like, "I don't know, man. I'm gonna drink it anyway." And we were just out of it. Um, mm. uh, so. David, talk to me about philosophy on why they happen and how to prevent them. Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, Paul's Paul's right. There's not, we don't necessarily know 100% with everybody why cramps occur. There's typically three-ish mechanisms for a young or a healthy, not necessarily young, healthy athlete. Uh, It's either... Thank you. (laughs) Youngish. <laughs> you kind of glance real quick over. Uh, I should, oh, I should healthy, include everybody. <laughs> healthy, not necessarily young. Uh, number one would be dehydration. <laughs> Electrolyte imbalances is number two. And then uh, just fatigue and exhaustion would be number three. And then drugs in my world cause cramps in people who aren't exercising. But in the exercise world, it's typically one of those three. So usually these remedies are targeted at one of those few things. So like pickle juice is typically targeted at hydration with all the salt and the electrolytes in it. Um, I looked into that hot shots product that you guys mentioned. Yeah. Um, that is primarily, um, cane sugar. 
and then there's some spices in it. I don't know how the spices would help, but the cane sugar is probably just getting at the exhaustion, the okay. fatigue and the exhaustion, you know, partway through your ride or at the end of your ride. Um, and then, um, I don't know, what are some of the other remedies? Bananas, they say always, like, yeah. banana, but that's yeah. like potassium. A, pota- yeah, it's mm-hmm. for the, but there's actually not as much potassium in a banana as yeah. you think. Um, gosh, what did that Russian guy told you about? You know, yeah. he always had the greatest, what would, what did he, oh, he always used to say, um, bubbly water and it had to do with the bicarbonate apparently. And he was a, he wow. was a PhD MD. I don't know what, I should huh. get back at, reach back out to him about the reasoning for that, but it's all typically related to hydration, um, electrolytes or fatigue. And so, you know, for Sam and I, I know we cramp towards the end of rides. It's typically related to dehydration, though, on hot yeah. days. And so staying on top of um, your drink mixes that have electrolytes and carbohydrates in them so you don't let your muscles run out, staying on top of the fluids so that you don't get dehydrated, um, those are really the best things that you can offer people. You can prehydrate beforehand with, you know, salt-heavy drinks um, and water. Yeah, it's not the best, but, you know, you get yourself fully hydrated and and it does tend to uh, reduce the number of cramps. Stretching pre and post ride, unfortunately, helps. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, Raise your hand if you do it. It's like when you (laughs) find evidence that, unfortunately, brushing your teeth is good for you. Yeah. Uh, There you go. Brush my teeth. I just, I am uh, the only person in the room who's willing to be honest and say there's occasional times when I'm like, I'm just going to bed. Mm. Yeah. That's when your wife isn't around, right? No, we just sleep facing away from each other. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you brought up like carbonated water. So my wife, because she's tried everything, magnesium has been, you know, people say they use mm. magnesium, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And she came across this one patient just in the last week that she was watching it. he has a bad problem but he said tonic water but it's probably oh, wow. just the carbonation it's the carbon it's something to do with the bicarb because when you have an increased amount of bicarb didn't we did we already talk about yeah, that? yeah yeah we did yeah. last yeah. week yeah, yeah yeah when you have an increased bicarb to the uh kidneys it, uh, it affects all of the electrolytes hmm. the acid base affects the way your kidneys will reabsorb things so somehow maybe that's beneficial and unfortunately i don't know the answer to it but mm-hmm. i think people need to look at when they're cramping um, and you know, use a little bit of reflection, you know, like, oh, it was 100 degrees that day, and I was two hours in, and yeah. I ran out of water, and I cramped. Well, well, maybe your problem is dehydration. Yeah. Um, yours, I would assume, if it's happening after the fact, is actually probably electrolytes. Fatigue. Oh, uh, electrolytes. Fatigue is typically know. towards the end of your ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then once you've stopped, it, it, you don't typically cramp if that's the issue. So That's a good yeah. prescription. But maybe right it would be, yeah. and maybe stretching would help you, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I'm I pretty think. limber. Yeah. You do seem pretty yeah. limber. Yeah. I am not. Loose. And and I always just love watching people just beat the shit out of themselves. Know. You know, it's like ah, they're hitting the muscles and I'm like, I can't do that. I, I'll try to stretch that moment, but usually it's just like I, for the next forty five seconds I can't move and I hope I have enough momentum on the bike before I tip over. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much it. Because my calves go and that's where it's like, I wonder if I'm gonna Yep. And there that, that's is. it. Yeah. I had some uh Minor cramps on our ride on Saturday. Did you? Yeah. Towards the end, I started feeling just... Where at? Yeah. Uh, in my quads. Did you mean where Mine's on the ride? right here. Yeah. yeah. I have dogs. God dang. Jason, we're so, just... I guess so we're good. Great. We're yeah. genetically superior. Yeah. 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 When it comes to cramps, at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I'd only put it to use, you know, yeah. maybe Too bad you're like not that. women. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No cramps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this week's pack filler picks. I got to pick. I picked them last week, but um, let's uh, let's see what what Pat picked. But my first one is a pretty much a given. Um, I found Silka mm. the chain wax um, about. Well, I bought it probably six to eight months ago. And I didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. And then I finally broke down and used it. 42 bucks for a container. And I dumped it into a little, one of my other recommendations, Crock-Pot, that Jackson gave me. And I dropped the chain in, everything like that. My drivetrain has never been so quiet. Did you clean it beforehand? Or did you just... Brand new chain. Oh, new chain. Brand you new took chain. the grease off yeah. the packing. Brand new chain, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and use that with your Sonic. Yep. Cleaner. Yep. So you clean it with the Sonic cleaner, and then you put it in there. Put it in the wax. And then did you reapply? I haven't yet. Wait, I've gone probably sixty days on one on application. One yeah. And you don't do lube. Nope. Just wax. Just the wax. Is that normal? I think it so. depends on. Well, usage. You can have it on for six. 60 days and not ride a bike. That's it's going to last a long time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Is it, but do you get more out of a wax? That's an, that's amazing. That's not just one wax. Ideally. I probably got, you know, 30, 40 waxes out of this container, out of but, this bag. But you waxed it once and you haven't. I've done re- it once. For, for multiple rides. Now, I haven't ridden in the rain on it yet and I haven't done any of that stuff like that. But the, the weight between oiling and waxing is that. The process of waxing your chain is labor intensive. Sure, but it lasts that's the longer. thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. So that's you get really to nice make that choice, up. and you have to have more equipment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are all yeah. links on packfiller.com. Um, so forty-two dollars for that container. I like the shit. It's good stuff. Oh. My one next one is the thing to get you through. Oh, there it is. It's it's a little mini crock pot to have in your shop. You're not going to put queso in this. Oh, really? It's okay. 29 bucks, and mine still has the dried wax in it now. All I'm going to do is next time I need to, I just click it on right on my workbench, wait maybe half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I don't know. I haven't melted it yet. It'll be good to go. Drop the train in, chain in there. Take it out with a coat hanger kind of a thing. Hang it up someplace. Or where spoke. It won't trip. Or spoke. Yeah. Is, yeah, is yeah, your drivetrain right. pretty clean? I'm like really amazed at the duration it's, here. It's clean. Yeah. Take a look at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, you know I don't get dink marks. Well, I never let myself. The only get drawback dink marks. that if you do indoor training, that wax does fall off onto your floor. Uh, it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. will. But yeah, so um, I I love that shit. Um, so this one's thirty bucks for that little thing, and well, unless you have a son who got one for a random gift. No, got it from your own father. Really? Yep. Oh. Well, if anybody has any re- anything to add or subtract, fire away. I'm just kind of throwing them out there. And last but not least, the best thing for indoor training is the Samson laptop stand. It is basically kind of what DJs I think use or something like that. This is fifty bucks, fifty-five bucks. It's not cheap. But um, Jackson, I know you have one. Mm-hmm. Sam was coveting ours at the Beer Mile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a glorified music stand, but it's got a non-slip pad on it. It it holds your laptop. I put my TV remotes next to it, and it, nothing falls off, and all that kind of stuff. I can reach over and do all that kind of shit. And I don't know do what you the have room one, for a beer. 
No, that goes in my water bottle. Needs a cup bottle. holder, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, it goes in the water <laughs> bottle. really upgrade that. I could probably put one, yeah, mount one on the yep. edge of yeah, it. Yeah, mount. But it's solid. It's a tripod base, and it is not going anywhere. Yeah, I I like mine. The only thing that I find that's difficult about it is you really got to make sure that you tighten that screw that's holding the uh, tilting, the tilt Four of and the platform. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, I've had devices fall off. Luckily, oh, none are broken, but okay. you just got to make sure on that for sure. Yeah. But other mm. than that, it's it's great to have. It's You can pack it up for someone who lives in an apartment. It's great. So, mm. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and I don't know what the other ones from somebody who kind of mildly endorses this show is but uh but this is 55 bucks and it, it, like i said how long we had we bought it i bought them for us before covid mm. they're not going anywhere i think it was my 21st birthday oh shit okay so, so three yeah. years yeah good shit yeah good shit recommended them highly i'm gonna start to swivel here soon because i don't, you gotta to go pee. Body. Yeah, I don't know I what's do. going on i do i do so we might as well get to the the final question the final k of the show um and um and that is gentlemen what is the next major purchase you would like to make gravel major bike major purchase <laughs> david immediately david. answered <laughs> yeah. gravel Except bike. when i say gravel bike i want a new cross bike that i will ride do with all the other people doing gravel you want a gravel will- bike that has race angles yeah yeah, yeah maybe a little less yeah a little yeah. Le- i don't need like 50 or 60, whatever they're going up to now with the tire size, mm-hmm. 2.5, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. So gravel bike. Okay. Yeah. And new road shoes. Oh, that's two. I'm oh. sorry. I couldn't help it. That's I really okay. want to retail therapy this time of year. Which one's first? <laughs> the bike probably or the, the shoes? shoes? Yeah. yeah you're starting with the small stuff first. Paul? I would have to lean on shoes. Mine are six, seven years old. Yeah. They're starting to hurt my feet. Oh, shit. Mm. And they're not, God, remember when they were so expensive? Like I know. Four or five hundred bucks. That's my Bach. That's yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jackson? Man, I, I'm i in the market for all the bikes. Um, but I think what I want, <laughs> I think what I want to prioritize is a <clears throat> racing cross-country bike, a uh, mountain nice. bike. Mountain nice. bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the 24 hour mountain bike race next year. Well, yeah. if I get a bike for free, <laughs> I will. <laughs> really make Or a really, really yeah. limited cost. Really good price. Yeah. 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 Um, me, I want a helmet that doesn't drip sweat into my eyes. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Are you sure? It's a phenotype. What? You and I. Oh, wow. That's a big really? word. Yeah, that is a big <laughs> word. <laughs> what what does like that word mean? It's like a, it's the way we are. Okay. Yeah, it's the shape so, of our face and the amount it, we sweat. But it didn't always happen that way. It didn't for you? No. I've never, I've never had a helmet where I'm not, at like a couple hours in, I'm not drenching my glasses. Do really? you remember the helmets that did not do that to, for you? Well, the, the, the leather. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> hairnet. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was, was it back so in the days for so casket, many years. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I rode, you know, up until the revolution of helmet design i rode big i rode a brancali which was oh, yeah. you know like a, a little plastic hockey helmet on your head and then when when giro came along i rode giro all the way up until 3 years ago mm-hmm. and then i i wore a pock and my giro was doing it too um you know so nothing against you know great supporters of the show it's just and it's not something that has just happened in my later years in life. Although my nose has been running more in later years of my life, and I don't like that. Mm. I am farmer blowing like every oh, yeah. every mile nowadays, mm. and I don't like that. 
but welcome to old age. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, but it just like happened in the last two I months. I know. Is it just a switch? I guess I don't know. You're, we're just son of a. We're bitch. we're disintegrating. You yeah. and I. We are. We're we just, just melting. Everything's just. Maybe the metabolism's just, down. Everything's drooping. Brains are yeah. falling, dripping out of my nose yeah, as we proceed. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of which, I got a. T- I was told to use this as our outro. Nice. Nice. See the static Lo-fi. in the background. Yeah, I yeah. like it. It's kind of mellow. Is it too mellow? No, it's pretty mellow. It's a good preview to our like upcoming it. it's an beer outro. This is yeah. how you exit. You don't get people all jacked and it's yeah. like brick wall landing. Adios, bye. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the show. Be, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show or our YouTube channel and drop us a review on your favorite podcasting provider. It toss, costs you very little to do that, very little time in which to do that, but it helps us a uh, uh, boatload. So this is really mad. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to start adver- the, the person who composes all this music is going to be a regular. Uh, oh, he's going to be on the Packfiller site, so you can get you oh, can good. check him love out. It. And he'll That's he'll cool. compose music for you there. So cool. love it. You going to sleep, David? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sleep well. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.